Hey everyone, thanks for joining me today. I have a couple of things that I am going to share with you. I would like to first of all ask that you get some sort of writing material, pen, pencil, whatever, because some of the things that I'm going to tell you about in um, the latter part of today's show is going to be maybe rather cryptic at times and I'm going to have to spell some of the things at certain times because uh, this subject is going to be a little bit, it's a little iffy. I am, uh, you know, sometimes we have to self-censor so that this won't be kicked out. All right, and you will actually um, be able to hear what I have to say. So that's why I'm going to have to do have to do that. Um, I would like to thank all of you for joining me on this walk through this very strange paradiso. So today is Sunday. I think <laughs> I really don't know what date it is. I want to say maybe it's the twenty first of August. But uh, anyways, I want to start off with an experience that was shared with me that these people, this family, they bought a house. They were the second owners who bought this house. It is somewhere here in Riverside County. They said that as soon as they were moving in, strange things started happening. The husband was painting the bedrooms. He said some of these bedrooms were very intense colors, like there was one bedroom that was red. There was one bedroom that was like turquoise, and it had yellow stripes in it and things like this. So he was in the process of painting these rooms before they moved the furniture in and he felt something like jiggling the ladder well we do live in southern california so he at first thought okay maybe we're having an earthquake so he uh, got down off the ladder and waited for a little bit okay and then he got back up continued painting and it continued happening to the point where like he said part of the legs of the ladder would actually rock so that maybe two of the legs would actually come off of the floor. So anyways, uh, then people would, uh, him, his wife, their daughters, they would hear somebody calling their names just at random times. One of the daughters said that she was taking a shower and she heard like someone was calling her and like pounding on the wall and so she thought maybe somebody had lost their keys or left their keys in the house and weren't able to get back in so she came out of the shower and she went to go and open the door that she thought maybe was her mom or her dad and there was no one out there she said i distinctly heard that pounding and not only did i hear it she said it was pretty forceful i felt it i could feel the vibration 
So these things were continuing as well as the usual things being moved around, things being placed where the family didn't place them, things being taken out of the cabinets and left on the tables and the counters and so on. And they uh, finally called someone in to investigate. So during the investigation, they were taking video and pictures as well as doing EVP. And he said that there was something that was on the video that they took. It had the body of like a, an ape, an ape-like body with a human-like head. They could see some facial features the facial features, while they're kind of blurry, you can still make it out and it looked like the features were also ape-like. So they finally, because it, it did not stop, they finally had to leave their house. He said, there is no way we couldn't even sell that house. We actually had to walk away from that house. They could not live there. The things were just getting worse. So um, as far as they know, there are people who have bought the house, but when they would go and look, well, that house has been bought and sold four times since they left. So there is definitely something going on in there. What that thing was, I mean, some kind of a um, chimera-looking thing where it seems to be more than one species. That uh, is usually not good news, but he wants sometimes, he said, to go and speak to the people who live there now, but he's kind of like, well, I don't want to go and sound like I'm you know, being nosy, but I would really like to know if they are experiencing things. So who knows how that happened? I, um, I know, I mean, I, I don't know the area, but I am kind of familiar with the area. And, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I know that whatever it is, isn't good. But I don't know what the catalyst was to invite this thing in or anything like that. So who knows? Maybe we will find out sometime in the future. These things we just kind of like keep our fingers on the pulse and see if anything more happens or if anything escalates. I don't know the people who live there now. But uh, I do know some who want to go there and interview the current residents. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Now, this other thing that I want to share with you is this happened to a coworker of mine when she was a little girl. She said that when she was a little girl, she used to put her dolls, like her Barbies and her other baby dolls, like she would cover her Barbies with their little Barbie things. She said, I just didn't want them to be 
like out in the open. She said, I felt like if I was Barbie, I would want to be covered up or this and that, especially at night. And she would cover her baby doll. She would have a little stroller, you know, the little buggy. She'd cover them up for the night and put the little blanket over the buggy so that it would be like in not exposed at all. And so she said that this one time she was covering one of her baby dolls. She said, I am not kidding. I wasn't hearing things. The doll said to her, night, night. She said, I stood up straight and I looked. I know what I heard. She said, and it wasn't any kind of doll that that talked or anything like that. Okay. (laughs) It only happened to her once, she said, but that was enough. From then on, she didn't want anything to do with any of her dolls. She boxed them all up and gave them away. And she never told her parents what happened. She said she was afraid to say anything for fear that something would happen again. So she never spoke of it until pretty recently. And that's when she told her mother about it. And uh, the thing about it is that her mother didn't seem shocked. She said, my mom didn't seem like she was shocked, like, oh, that's impossible. She nodded her head, kind of like in a, in a way to say, oh, okay, like, yeah, that is possible. So was this thing inhabited by something else? What would cause this to happen? And she said she was probably about six or seven years old. Well, once again, guys, when we put energy into objects like that, we are sometimes, now I'm not saying like every single time, but sometimes we are kind of like opening a gateway and allowing certain things to come in. You may have these dolls and you talk to them. You um, treat them like they are living people and so on. So believe it or not, those are actually at times now, once again, I'm not saying every single time this is going to happen, but at times it is like opening a door and allowing something to come in and inhabit this item. Now, depending also, I think, I feel, on the person's own energy, the person's own energy field, the person's own even belief. Like when you are so young and when you don't know any better and you really start like bonding with these things. And that that is a real possibility. I know many people who have bonded with their, um, not only baby dolls, but even with uh, certain other toys that are not patterned after people. So, and plus, where you live at the time. What is around you, you know, a lot of it has to do also with latitude, longitude, um, water, different types of rock in the area where you are, and so on. I mean, there there's a lot that goes into this as well as these 
what uh, these entities, these wandering, roaming spirits or whatever you want to call them. Maybe at times there are some that are around and they will take full advantage of something like this. So that uh, all of those things are, are possibilities. I don't think that um, at that age she was out there conjuring and things like that. But I'm telling you, uh, sometimes it's very, very easy, much easier than a lot of people would believe to, um, to have these things happen for us to cause certain things to happen without even really realizing it or recognizing what we're doing. So just one of those things, guys. Well, I mean, I can recall certain things that I have done in the past. And when I look back, I was just like, man, that was just way too easy. I have to be careful. But a lot of it is because of my own energy. So I believe that a lot of it was her own energy at the time. Because even now, she is very aware of certain things. So, just wanted to um, share that with you. Okay, now this last thing. You, many of you who have been with me for a while know that I am not a celebrity watcher. I'm not a, like, TMZ. I don't read about celebrities and I know all about them and so on because I'm not. I'm not a celebrity watcher. So anyways, um, going back now, I did mention this previously a while ago about this whole Anne Hage thing. Well, I recall, now I saw this with my own eyes. I believe it was taken from a bit of an aerial view, like the helicopters that are buzzing around when anything happens. And I did see Anne Hache like struggling or fighting to get out or to uncover herself. And at the time, I wasn't even really thinking about it. But it was something, I believe, that was like a darker color. And I remember I saw her like sit up and every, every news outlet said that she had been severely burned and uh, this and that, and that she had been naked, okay? When they extracted her from the car, for whatever reason, they said that she was naked. I found that kind of odd, but anyways, I really didn't look into it or think anything about it. So when she was struggling kind of to come out of this bag, I did see her sit up. And when she sat up, I saw her back, and I can still picture it in my mind's eye. I saw her back. She was not burned looking at all. Her hair was not burned or singed looking. Everything seemed to be fine. I mean, I don't know about her lower extremities or anything like that, but it has been said that the only thing 
on her body that may have had soot on them were the bottom of her feet, taken from different angles of um, what was being filmed. Other people saw different things, and they're saying there was nothing that was looked like any type of soot or anything except for the bottom of her feet. All right. So that just kind of like opened it up for me. And I started looking into certain things. Now, the first thing that I found are, and I don't know if this is true, guys, but um, with cars having Wi-Fi in them, I would tend to believe that this is true, that the new cars that are out there are hackable. Okay, I would tend to believe that. And I'm going to tell you why. And this happened in 2009. I was driving my car. I was I was going to be needing gas. I've told you this story before. And I was sitting at a red light. And all of a sudden, this voice came over the speakers in my car and spoke to me and said, the nearest gas station is point whatever. And I was like, wait a minute, what is this? Who is speaking to me? It, it freaked me out. I mean, this is 2009. I wasn't ready for this. Well, obviously, the car had some sort of technology in it. This car was a 2000 and nine, and it wasn't a fancy car, right? This car was a Chevy. And so it gave me a start. I was like, you know, like I, I had never experienced anything like that before. And I realized, oh, there's some kind of technology in here, I guess, that this car can talk to you or whatever. Prior to that, only talking car I ever saw was on Night Rider, okay? So, being that it was so long ago, and now, today, with the technologies, and with all the Bluetooth, with all the, um, a lot of cars, you have to have Wi-Fi in them. I'm told that, like, the electric cars have to have Wi-Fi. Well, that would lead me to believe that, okay, when we're talking about Wi-Fi, we're talking about technology like that. Of course, it's hackable. Why is somebody going to do that though, okay? Why? So anyways, that was the question of the day. Was her car hacked? Now, 30 minutes prior to this incident, which ultimately killed her, she was at the hair salon getting her hair done, she was normal. She was in good spirits. She was talking to the stylist. She even took a picture with the stylist. And everyone was happy and in a good mood. So it wasn't like we were being told she was altered. She was um, maybe D-R-U-G-G-E-D or um, anything like that. So, okay, now it's starting to get a little fishy among all these other things. So, 
I started once again, well, okay, she wasn't, I mean, she was still among the living when she was extricated from the car. So why was she not C-spined? Why was she not placed into some kind of device that would keep her neck from moving, that would keep her spine um, immobile and certain other things like that? Why was she not connected to any type of monitoring device, any type of uh, IV? There was nothing. And I remember that. As well as when you are placed in a body bag, that is for when people are passed on and you are not put into an ambulance, you are put into the coroner's van. And we all know that that can take some time. When there is any type of fatality, they have to keep everything there until someone from the coroner's office comes and looks and says, okay, this person's dead. Then they put the body in a body bag and transport it. So why was she placed in there? The other question, apparently she was an organ donor. Well, if that's the case, I mean, that it just keeps going on and on. Then why wasn't she administered oxygen? You have to keep those organs alive. Once again, there was nothing. Why didn't they triage her on the spot, which the first responders do all the time? See, it just gets a little bit fishier each go around each time I look at this it just seems to I have more questions than answers okay and here's another one it is being said that the car could not have entered or crashed into the house the way it did, coming from the direction it was going in. What happened, guys? What is the real story here? Was there some kind of external force, technologically wise, that caused this? to happen and you may ask yourself why when's the last time she had done anything as far as movie roles and so on okay well I'm going to tell you something now that she was recently involved in a movie about C-H-I-L-D S-E-X, trafficking. Now, the movie has not been released yet. And now, I don't know if it will be. But apparently, it's called... I even wrote some stuff down. You guys will be proud of me. The Girl in Room 13. Okay? And that's what this movie is about. And plays... 
the part of a mother who is searching for her daughter who has been trafficked by her boyfriend. I'm told that her role is rather a heroic one in this movie. Okay, you still may be saying, well, okay, but that doesn't make, still doesn't make a a reason. Well, in my opinion, it would be a reason because if you maybe had been approached and told not to take part in a certain role, perhaps, I'm not saying that's what happened, but you never know. Maybe someone said, hey, you know what? It's against your better interest to take this part. And she said, well, you know what? Fuck off. I'm doing this part, whether you like it or not. And so now you got people who are a little bit angry at you. Okay? As well as a role like that is going to bring awareness to quite a few people. It would almost, I mean, it it has the potential to bring that subject to the mainstream, okay? And as you know, as you watch the network news, you don't hear about things like that. It's all kept hush-hush. So this movie actually has the potential to bring it out into the open. So um, that is just, uh, you know, those are some of the things that I'm thinking about as far as this goes. And then remember we spoke about, okay, first they said she had passed. Then the next day I see the news and know she's on life support. And then they said she had passed. I don't know what the, that, I don't know what that was all about, really. But once again, if we are going to look into certain things, it would be um, maybe for some of us, for our own, whatever you want to call it, you know, the things that we look into, the things that we study and research. Well, if we did some of the numbers as far as when she really left this realm, maybe we could find something there. Because uh, these, these um, I, I don't want to call them people, but I don't know what else to call them. Um, there is always, like a calling card, there is always something left behind to let you know who is at the bottom of this. There's, there's always something, and it's usually in the numbers. Okay. So, um, this may seem a little bit of a 
theory and, uh, you know, because I don't know for sure, I, I guess it is theoretical, but there have been others who have died questionably. Usually they just pin it on suicide and it's usually caused by drug overdose and things like that. Oh, so-and-so died of overdose. They usually do that for the majority of singers and um, some movie stars also. But um, it has been said now, and I heard about these a while back. These people, actually, the people that I'm getting ready to name, all right, that they were working to expose this trafficking. One of them, Anthony Bourdain. Yes, he was a chef and he did a TV show. And I remember when he had passed and they started with, you know, all these different theories and all these different things. And I was thinking, okay, he's a chef. So what would the agenda be here? But you have to remember when this happened now. This has been a while back. This is before I, was, I started looking into this kind of thing. And so I just really didn't pay attention. Okay, whatever. The other one. Paul Walker from Fast and Furious. And when he passed, people started talking right away about that. He was getting ready to expose certain things that were going on and this and that. So, okay, I still really wasn't looking into it. I had it in the back of my mind. Well, it's a possibility. These people know what's going on. Okay. Anthony, he's a chef, but he's still, you know, he had a TV show. He's still in that realm. Paul Walker, an actor. He knows what's happening. He knows what's going on. And as much as you may dislike Mel Gibson, he knows what's going on also. Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel is the actor who played Jesus the Christ in the movie, The Passion of the Christ. He is working. Now, this guy is putting his money where his mouth is, and he is working to actually rescue some of these as many as possible, from this life. But another one, and this was kind of a, a bigger one for me, okay, because I'm a music aficionado. I love music. And back in the 90s, one of my favorite bands was Soundgarden. I mean, I remember the first time I heard Chris Cornell sing. I could not believe the range that this guy had. 
He was amazing. He was an amazing singer. And then Chris Cornell just dies. You know, uh, there we go, another suicide. He was depressed. He killed himself. Well, no, that's where I had to start looking at what the heck's happening here. And it was the same thing. Actually, Chris Cornell was the catalyst that got me looking into what is going on here. It wasn't Anthony, it wasn't Paul, it was Chris Cornell. But now when you read about these people, and these are just three of them, and then the other two I just mentioned, but these three who have now, uh, to me, it seems, all right, that they were M-U-R-D-E-R-E-D, all right? I mean, I don't know how interested you are in this, but I'm going to tell you, uh, it seems to me that this thing is very, very big. And these are not the only guys, okay, who have been taken out because of this, because of what they were doing and getting ready to expose. Because we're looking at high-profile people who have a voice, who can call attention to certain things. That is a very, very big possibility to me is what happened to them. Now, as far as Anne goes, I mean, in any of these, I don't know 100% for sure. But it's not beyond the scope of reality when you think about this. It seems that all roads really do lead to Rome. Because when you see these things happen and then you follow that road, they seem to all go to the same place. These people have all, in some form or other, been involved in either going to expose this or actively working to rescue people from this. Yeah, it's, um, this is very, very big and I believe it goes to the highest levels. I'm talking about this goes beyond just celebrity. We are talking about maybe some of the highest ranking individuals. I mean, you name it, you're probably right. So um, the whole thing is very mysterious. It's disturbing. It's disgusting. And it's dangerous. 
So I'm, I'm thinking that some of these people were approached and told probably that they need to stop doing what they're doing. So um, some of them didn't. Maybe some of them did and just kind of like calmed down so that they are allowed to live their lives. And and it's, uh, to me now, they're not going to be any good to anyone if they are taken out and taken off of this earth. So maybe sometime in the future, it will all be out there and they won't be able to suppress it, won't be able to hide it anymore. Because once... Pandora's box, remember that? Once that box was opened, they could not close it again. So um, that's what I, this is a big one to me, guys. And um, if you start looking probably in the past, in the recent past even, we may find that some of the others were involved in uh, exposing this horrible crime against humanity also. And you have to ask yourself, why is it you don't hear about this on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, CNN, MSNBC? Why is it that we do not hear about this on so-called news networks? When we know it's out there, we know it's happening. Who benefits? You have to ask yourself. I know this may be a uh, rather heavy subject for a Sunday afternoon, but um, it's something that just, it was bothering me. And I feel that we all, throughout the entire world, because it's not only happening here. This is a worldwide, this is a global thing. We all should know. And there's another thing, because this is also something, it's a, I'm sure, I am sure that whoever the entities are who benefit financially from this also are not paying for this because it's cost money to do certain things also. No, people who pay taxes are paying. That's who's paying for this. They're not paying for the transportation, the whoever it is that goes and gets these people, who finds these people, who puts them wherever it is they put them in their holding cells or whatever the heck. No, no. That's all from taxpayers. And not only here. Once again, this is a global thing. So, just once again, you have, we have to all ask ourselves, okay, who benefits from this? And I will guarantee you the names 
are names that we don't know. We haven't heard of. You only hear about who they want us to hear about. And by they, I'm talking about the agents of subversion, the agents of suppression. They don't want us to know anything. So what they do is they throw out a few names of certain families and certain people. And that way, all of the focus is on them. And then the other people whose name we don't know can continue to do their nasty little deeds. Because we all know the name of Rockefeller. We all know the name of the DuPonts. We know the name of Vanderbilt and all these other, I can't say the word, aristocratic families. The Windsors, okay, from England and all these other people. We know their names. But the real perpetrators, we don't know their names. So anyways, that's what I wanted to share with you. Once again, I know it's disturbing, but it it is happening. And um, I just... You know, I'm just the presenter. I just learn about these things and share them with you once again. Can any of this be proven? No. We know it exists. We know it's there, but no, we can't prove it. We don't have any anything on paper, even if we did. Anything can be forged or faked. So it's like, no, it's all pretty much speculation. Some may call it conspiracy theory, which is just a term that was created by the CIA. Once again, I have said before, so that anyone who goes outside the little box that they want us to be in as far as narrative and beliefs and so on. And anyone who asks a question, well, we're a conspiracy theorist. It's supposed to be a word that shames us into shutting up. Shames us into submission. But it doesn't work on all of us. As a matter of fact, they can call me anything they want. I really don't care. So... After all of that, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wish you a good Sunday, a happy Sunday. But, um, I mean, for, for your own, if you care to look into it and read about it, see what you think. See what you come up with, the moral to the story, to you. But uh, I think it's worth looking into. Anyways, um, once again, I want to wish you a happy Sunday. I'm going to try to be back. Oh, no. I guess I won't be able to be back until Friday. And then I'll share some more stuff with you. We are getting close to September. So you know what that means. Fall is right around the corner. And then we will be getting into some creepy stuff, right? That uh, That's what we like the most. That's what I like the most anyways. But every once in a while, we have to veer off of our course, stop and talk about something else. That's what makes our walk so interesting and different. 
I like variety. I don't want to discuss the same thing all the time. And uh, that's why we just look and see what looks interesting to us. And then we go in that direction. So I appreciate all of you walking with me. I will be talking to you soon. Ciao.